Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. As we close out September in our celebration of truck driving appreciation, we want to take a closer look at the profession and those who excel at it. The American Trucking Association's America's Road Team is a national public outreach program led by a small group of professional truck drivers who share their driving skills and the desire to spread the word about safety on the highway. Simply, it's the trucking industry's all-star team. And in this episode, we'll ask the question, what does it take to become an America's Road Team captain? We'll talk to a former road team captain, Nate McCarty with ABF Freight, about his experiences as captain, but first, we'll take a look into the selection process of making it on the road team roster with Elizabeth Barna, Executive Vice President of Industry Affairs with the American Trucking Associations. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Glad to have you on. Um, you know, as we are you know, wrapping up uh, Trucker Appreciation Month here at Road Signs, uh, I definitely wanted to have you on to uh, just give us you know, a, a summary and description of America's Road Team. We all know it's a national public outreach program full of uh, the best of the best of pro- professional truck drivers, um, but it, it's so much more. So could you tell us a little bit more about America's Road Team? Sure. America's Road Team was actually formed in 1986, and it came about um, as we were lobbying up on Capitol Hill and talking to, you know, local, state, and federal officials about the trucking industry, realizing that they didn't know much about us, and if they were going to make decisions that affected our businesses and affected the professional truck driver, who better to learn about the industry from a professional truck driver? And so America's Road Team was born. Uh, They were really ambassadors of the industry, and they went around uh, the country talking about the trucking industry. It has really grown since then. Uh, Today, we have three tractors and five trailers, uh, show trailers that we use to go around the country and talk about the industry, talk about safety on our highways, and talk about careers in the trucking industry. You know, I've seen the those tractors and trailers at various trade shows. Most recently, the uh, you know, the, the Technology and Maintenance Council in, in Cleveland earlier this month. You know, so I mean, to to get on the team, you know, it's it's a small group of of drivers, and, and it's, it's kind of a combination of you know superior driving skills and and great safety records. Could you kind of explain the the process of getting those particular drivers who are you know except exceptional in their field? to be on the team. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. This is the perfect time too, as we're just closing the selection process for the next uh, group of drivers to join America's road team. Um, We get about 2000 applications every other year. So this is a every other year selection process. So we say that their term is really two years, but once a captain, always a captain. 
And currently we use about 100 drivers, um, America's road team captains that we call veteran captains uh, to help us, you know, really get the message out there. But they are have to be nominated by their company. Uh, the companies are so generous and they pay their benefits and wages while on the road for us. We've got a number of sponsors um, that help us to be able to pay their expenses. And then ATA is the ATA staff behind it. So it's really three organizations that fund America's road team. But it's but they have to be nominated by someone in their company. And that is only basically to be able to say, we endorse this person. We will allow them time off to um represent the industry. And we ask for three to five days a month. Now there are, day, there are months that we don't use them, um, but then there's a, maybe the next month where we need them for six or seven days instead of the three to five. So it balances out pretty well. They have to um, have a clean driving record, have over a million miles if they're an over the road driver. If they are a city and um, you know local driver, we take into account how many years they've been on the road for that as well. Um, and then they've got to have a speech or a, a statement, I guess, really, on why they want to be an America's road team captain. Um, so they they fill that out. They community is very big with this as well, or volunteer work. So whether it is, you know, working in their church or or little league coach or volunteer fireman, um, volunteer EMS. That all comes into account as to, you know, the driver and whether they are well-rounded. We also um, have the nominator write a statement as well. And then we, and then they do a three-minute video on why they want to be in America's road team or on safety in the industry or careers in the industry. So we give them a couple choices on what to do and just talk about it so we can get a sense of their, their passion, really. And we send those out to a couple outside firms and they narrow that down to us to about between 50 and 75. And then uh, we take a look at it and we have an independent panel here. It's made up of staff and, and former drivers as well that we bring in about 32 to 34 finalists every January, every other year in January. And then that is uh, where they really get put the, through the ringer. Um, they have do a personal interview with us. They also have to do a prepared speech. And then we do a mock media interview with them. And I'll be really honest, you know, if they're not the best speaker, um, that's okay. You know, you can always teach somebody to be comfortable talking about what they do, but it's really the passion that we look for and the willingness to educate, uh, the love of the job. And that is where we've gotten some of our best America's road team captains they, they really want to be out there. They love what they do. They want to talk about highway safety. They want to recruit other folks into the industry. And they're just really great ambassadors. You know, one of the things that, that I learned in, um, in speaking with uh, one of the members, which we'll do later on in the show, Nate McCarty, um, is the, the, the passion uh, of the industry and the love of, of truck driving. Um, could you tell me, Elizabeth, if you could, what when you tell someone that they're they're a, you know they're officially a member of the of the team could you just describe the excitement that they feel i mean because it, it's just the you know you just described that whole process and 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 wanting to be a team member and to go through all that you know the the, the media training and and just the, the the steps that it takes to get to that particular point i'm pretty sure it's exhilarating for these these drivers once they're selected 
into the fold. It is. And so what we do is we have a veteran driver be a mentor to about four of them um, when they come into Washington. So this mentor has worked with them from the time they've been announced as a finalist till they get to Washington. And then they, so there's a team of them, there's a mentor and four other um, and they are, they really stick together throughout the three-day process. After the last mock media interview on Tuesday, we then go up to Capitol Hill, where we have invited each of their members of Congress to come to a cocktail party um, and get to know them so that the members of Congress can see the best of the best. So they get to interact with our members of Congress. Once that's over, we go to dinner where we announce the new team. And it's really exciting um, to see, you know, they, we let them know that not everybody's going to make it. So, you know, don't go crazy, but um, they get so excited and they just feel so honored. I think one of the things is that when they come into Washington, you know, they all feel like they've got the miles and they've got the years and they, they come and they think, well, hey, I'm doing pretty good because I've got 2 million or 3 million miles. And then they get into a room with 33 other folks that have that same amount of miles or that same safety record or that same passion. So to be able to go through that process and then actually get announced as an America's Road Team Captain is just such an honor, but so excitement. I mean, you see tears, you see hugs, you see, you know, can't wait to call my wife or my family. So a lot of times what we do is we FaceTime it so that, you know, family members and friends are also watching the announcement, uh, which is really exciting. But when they, when they are announced, just that sheer excitement and joy and honor to be able to represent the entire industry just comes straight across their face. And one of the cool things about it is they are with their team. So they're with their mentor and their other team members. And whether one of their team members doesn't make it, they all help console that member, but also everybody celebrates together. Within the two days or three days that they're here, they really become family. Um, you know, it may take, may take a driver two or three times to try before they become an America's road team captain. And so they um, get that experience and come back. But I will tell you right now, there are drivers that have tried and have not been able to make that step. And they are still part of the family because they've all been together um, and everybody really cheers everybody on. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a transport topic special report. We're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification. Since we're, you know, we're in the dawn of uh, having new members to the America's Road team, uh, you know, once once those uh, new members are in place, what events uh, do they have coming to them, you know, as, uh, you know, in, in this new role as, a, as an America's Road team captain? Sure. So once you've been selected, um, you stay in Washington uh, for that week. And as you may recall, um, we bring the new team to Arlington headquarters here. 
and we introduce them to the full ATA staff where they actually get their jacket. It's sort of like the masters where they put the green jacket on the winner. They come across the stage, they get their America's road team captain from Chris and our chairman. Um, And so they do that. And then we normally get on a bus and we head down to the Volvo plant in Virginia. Uh, Volvo is the exclusive sponsor of America's road team. And so they take us for a day, uh, We've got a great reception the evening before, and then we head over to the plant where they get to see Volvo's being made and what it takes to do, um, you know, how they put the fenders on, how they build the cab. And we get to watch them come off the assembly line, which gives the captains, if they've never driven a Volvo, a lot more understanding how, how the Volvo works. They get to go out on the test track. And so we do that. And then we come back here and we get down to business and do training, you know, what it takes to be a captain. Um, We go through all of the different trucks. We've got a Volvo and we've got two Macs. Uh, The Mac is the Share the Road program and our Workforce Heroes program. And then we we do a lot of, um, you know, media training, um, event training, how to write a speech and that type of thing. The one thing that I do want to get across to everybody is we do not tell the road team captains when they're out on the Um, in the field, what to say. We want that to come strictly from the heart because that's why they're as credible as they are, is they talk from their true experience. You know, there are times where a captain may not agree with ATA on a policy position, but they don't really talk about policy positions unless it's safety related. Um, You know, we want their experience to be front and center and that's what they know best. And that's what the program has really been, developed for. So I did want to make sure everybody knew that, like we, we give them suggestions. You might want to talk about what it's like and what you see, you know, how many people are texting and driving or why texting and driving is bad, but we do not give them any of their uh, talking points in that sense. Events coming up. Oh my gosh, we do so many, um, you know, with the pandemic, we were even doing virtual events but we do a lot of safety events, whether it is a motorcycle rally, uh, RV rally. Uh, we go to so many high schools. I think uh, this year we're on track to hit 503 high schools by the end of the year, where we've taken a truck and gotten high school students up into the cab of the truck. We do a number of radio interviews or television interviews. We had the Share the Road truck uh, this year at the West Virginia State Capitol when they were talking about lawsuit abuse and the seatbelt gag rule. And so we were able to take legislators for a ride along uh, and we took some media for a ride along as well. Um, This just past week, I had two captains that sat on a panel talking about professional truck drivers before the House um, congressional staff and then in the afternoon before the Senate congressional staff. Then I went to TMC and we had two captains there with our Share the Road program. And then I came home at the uh, end of the week and we had two America's Road Team captains down at DOT uh, with the Deputy Administrator, uh, Administrator Mara Joshi, talking about National Truck Driver Appreciation Week. So the, the range of what they do is um, so wide and so broad. Uh, We do also the National Judicial College where the judges, we teach the judges that make the decisions in the courts um, what it is to be a professional truck driver. We take a 
tractor trailer there. And some of these judges are awesome. They get underneath the truck to see what it's under there. Uh, talk about all the different safety technology. All of our tractors and trailers are equipped with the best of the best safety technology. So to be able to explain that, you know, you get a member of Congress or a state legislator up in the truck and they talk about, you know, they get up there and they're like, oh my God, this is not my grandpa's truck. What this is like Star Wars in here. Talk to me about all of the technology. And so it's really a great, great education tool our image truck is, I call it a classroom on wheels. We've got an actual truck simulator in there that we allow folks to use. The media gets in there and we had a, a, a member of the media not too long ago doing the truck simulator and she was getting it on camera. And so she was pretending like she was doing the simulator, but also pretending to text to show that texting and driving is such a bad thing um, and what, what it, the consequences of that are. Uh, we've got large screen TVs in that tractor trailer, the showroom, uh, classroom on wheels. And then we have our Workforce Heroes uh, program, which is really recruiting out of the military. So we go to a lot of military bases. Um, it is decaled in a camo. Uh, so it's pretty awesome to look at. And we'll also take that to career days around the country as well. So there's really a lot of different things they do. Um, we work with, you know, the scouts and teach them on how to get their um, highway safety and transportation merit badges as well. We've been speaking with Elizabeth Barna, Executive Vice President of Industry Affairs for the American Trucking Associations. Elizabeth, I just wanted to thank you for coming on to the, the podcast and making us smarter and learning about America's road team. Well, thanks so much for having me. And uh, thanks for highlighting such a great program of ATAs. In times like these, it's crucial to stay informed. Transport Topics is offering all the information you need to make business decisions in these unprecedented times. And in the wake of the many event cancellations and group gatherings, TT ensures a virtual way to consume business content and conversation. To join the conversation and stay ahead of the news, follow Transport Topics on all social outlets or by visiting ttn.ws forward slash stay informed. Next on Road Signs, we have Nate McCarty. ABF road driver and American Trucking Association's America's road team captain. Welcome to the show, Nate. Hey, thanks for having me today. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Glad to have you on as well. Uh, there's many things I want to talk with you about, uh, about the world of trucking. So I'll get it started by asking you what attracted you to a career of truck driving? Well, uh, I, my, my dad was in the industry, not as a driver, but my dad was a diesel tech and he he started out working for Halliburton, and he, he worked for Cummins Diesel for 28 years. So I kind of grew up around the industry, but I was, I was like a lot of little boys. I you know, played with trucks growing up, and I thought that that's what I wanted to do when I when I grew up. And you know, my, my dad, he, he would kind of moonlight on the weekends, and he worked for a Thermal King dealership. And I got to go to work with him a lot on the weekends, and I enjoyed playing around with the trucks and you know, climbing in and out of them and, you know, acting like I was driving a truck. And, you know, my, my, my brother actually inherited the mechanic genes. So my brother's a mechanic also. And, you know, so I, when I was younger, I wanted to, 
wanted to be a truck driver, but I, I, I kind of got away from that a little bit. Uh, coming out of high school, I enlisted in the Colorado Army National Guard, and I thought that I wanted to get into a career in law enforcement. I was uh, ended up being a military police officer. I served in a battalion headquarters, and after my deployment during Operation Desert Storm, I I came back and went to college, and I was I, I majored in criminal justice and. Kind of the more I learned about criminal justice, I I kind of figured that I, I wasn't the the type of person for that. You know, I don't want to take anything away from our law enforcement officers. My hat's off to them for, for what they do. And actually I had family that was kinda of, kinda of steered me back towards the, the trucking industry and it's it was my wife and her family that, that kinda of steered me towards that. Her her uncle was a, a food service delivery driver, and he helped me get my first driving job for a dairy foods company. So I, the the physical aspect of of being a delivery driver appealed to me, and it was a good way to keep me in shape. And I touched everything that was on that little straight truck that I drove, and I, I got into the industry when I was 19 years old. I had a local driving job, so I was just driving intrastate and didn't, didn't get out of state yet until I until after I turned 21 but I just started out with a class B license driving straight truck and I did 12, 12 years in the food service industry and the longer that I did that the, the the driving part actually kind of appealed to me more than more than the the, the physical aspect of it delivering I, I still enjoyed the challenge of doing that every day you know unloading everything that was on that truck and you know, sometimes I would deliver up to 30, 30 to 40 stops in a day. So I enjoyed that physical aspect of it. But as I got a little bit older, the driving aspect uh, appealed more to me. So that's that's how I ended up with, with ABF Freight later on after 12 years in the in the food service industry and and still in the trucking industry. But I just, you know, that's all I do now is drive. I'm a road driver. I run from Denver to Salt Lake City and you know, so I get a lot of mountain driving on, but I'm I'm on the road six days a week, and that's the part that appeals to me now is the driving part. Having that type of drive, and I'm pretty sure you you enjoy the the ins and outs of it from the day to day work. You know, um, that's one thing to enjoy. But what made you want to pursue it at a high competitive level? You know, the the the, the level that makes you uh, a captain on the America's Road Team. Well, the, the it's kind of a I've looked at my career as kind of a journey, and when I was working for Shamrock Foods, a good friend of mine, I've always been safety-minded. always wanted to get home to my family safe at the end of every trip. But a friend of mine, it, it took some convincing, but he taught me into competing in the truck driving championships when I worked at Shamrock Foods. And back in 2000, I competed first time with the state truck driving championships. And because of his mentoring and coaching, I happened to win my first year. And Got to go to the National Truck Driving Championships in New Orleans in 2000, and you know I caught the bug the first year, and and so that's I've always been kind of a competitive person, anyways. I, you know, I competed in high school football. I wrestled back then. I was in track, so I've always been a little competitive. But this is a definitely a different kind of competition. That it's it's more of a skills competition, more and more precision involved. So that. It, it really is a good safety incentive program because it, it, it brings me back around every year. Everybody develops bad habits and just having that 
that competition out there. It's like, gosh, I, I want to get through the year with no accidents, so I'm eligible to compete that next year in the truck driving championships. So it, it it's really helped me step up my game a little bit. So, you know, by doing that, uh, when I came to ABF, the some of our, our our vice presidents got to know me from the competitions, which eventually led me to have the opportunity to get on our company road team. And ABF, they try to emulate everything that ATA does as far as the selection process. And, you know, it was a little bit like the truck driving championships. On my first try I got through, I was, we have 12 people on our company road team and six out of the 12 get nominated for America's road team. So we apply to go through the whole selection process again with ATA. So it's just been, you know, kind of stepping stones all the way up for me, but it's, you know, the truck driving championships eventually led me to have the opportunity to, to go to selection for America's road team. Well, Nate, you know, I, I, I just want to stop you there just for the people um, who are listening, who might not know what the, the truck driving championships are. Can you just give a explanation about what the, what the skills entails and, and, and what a driver has to do to, uh, to um, compete in the competition? Okay. There's, there used to be four parts to the competition. You had a, a 40 question written test that you have to take. And, it, and every state does this. All 50 states have, have their own competition with their state associations. And there can be up to nine different classes that you compete in. So there's a 40 question written test that involves things in the industry, firefighting, first aid, hazardous materials. So you have that, and there used to be a, a personal interview that was part of the competition as well. And then you have a pre-trip part of the competition where there's planted defects on the equipment that you have to find in a prescribed amount of time. And then there's this, the skills portion where you drive uh, a course that usually has six obstacles on the course. So it's a, it's a culmination of the four different parts that, where you get your total score. And if you win your class for your state, you have the opportunity to go to the National Truck Driving Championships, which is in a different city every August. So, yeah, I've I've won my state competition eight times now and been able to, to go and compete at a national level. And I've also been able to volunteer there as a road team captain as well. So three times I get to be a course announcer, so I still get to be there and see all my friends drive and be a part of it. So what a... It's it's a huge honor to to be representing my company and representing the industry as well. You described your your journey to getting to that particular point, you know, and that's just in the in the um, through your career, you you have earned many uh, you know driver certifications and designations, you know. So Nate, and and earning those, you know, what are some of the 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 key points that you adhere to to stay safe when you're making your your runs from Denver to Salt Lake City? Well, the, because I have the same run all the time, I think the most important thing is not to get complacent. And I look at every day different. And starting it out, I'm sure you've heard this from a lot of drivers before, just doing that pre-trip inspection on your equipment every day, just checking everything to, to not only keep you from having a breakdown, but possibly an accident where you could injure yourself or, or somebody else in the motoring public. I, I can't say how important that is to, you know, I do it the same way every time, just being mindful of what I'm looking at and making sure my equipment's ready before I go out on that run. And when I'm running in bad weather, 
the way I look at it, no no snowstorm that I drive in is exactly the same. So you always have to keep your guard up and you're constantly staying vigilant, driving defensively. So so that that's my biggest thing you know, that I fall back on. And, and and I think some of it comes with with experience too. You you learn to be a better judge of conditions over time. So with the run that I have, just doing a lot of mountain driving and driving in bad weather, it's it's really important not to get complacent. Most definitely. You know, one of the things, uh, just uh, even from your, your military background um, and you being a captain, you know, that, that requires a degree of, of leadership. And, you know, in the military, you definitely learned that degree of, of, of leadership. Could you just uh, just tell us how you felt the military prepped you for this particular situation, for the career that you're having now and, and being a leader in your field? Well, you can you can identify with this being <laughs> being prior service yourself, that it's just that attention to detail. You you try not to leave anything out. And I was just talking about your your pre-trip inspection, checking your equipment, just, you know, looking at everything and not missing anything it's you know I, I, have, I have a good friend that was a marine that worked on marine one and he he had to look at the president's helicopter every day and and he said i i don't look at inspecting my equipment any different than when i was looking at the president's helicopter he said because the safety of the motoring public is just as important as the safety of our president and i thought that that's a really good analogy when you're you're talking about attention to detail, but some of the parallels that I that I've drawn lately over the last year and a half with COVID and some of my friends that are veterans like I am, just we we feel important to this country right now. You know, bringing everything to the stores and doors of consumers, and you know we feel like this country really needs us right now. A little bit like when we served in the military. You know, our, our country needed us then when we went through deployments and did different things. And so, you know, I think back on that a lot lately, too. You know, you know, we're still serving our country, but just in a different kind of way. So, you know, I, I enlisted when I was 17 years old and got deployed when I was 18. So I it, it kind of forced me to grow up early and you know, I, I matured early because of it. And I, I think that was... One of the things that helped me do so well when I got into the industry at a young age too was was having that good solid background that I got in the army. Yes, you know, and and definitely with, with that time being deployed at um, Operation Desert Storm, um, you know, you, you def that's definitely a trial by fire. So so uh, it kind of makes uh you know driving a truck pale the comparison uh, when 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 you're dealing with the the things that you had to deal with when you were overseas. You know, you had you had mentioned, you know, being a truck driver during COVID. And since you can't, you know, we, we sort of have a year to, uh, well, you you sort of have a year to process what your career as a truck driver in that particular year as a truck driver. How has that formed any perspective as a truck driver, you know, being in that particular situation where the it seems like to you that the, the world and the nation was at a lockdown, but you still had a job to do. Could you just describe that? particular uh, moment and just the things that you went through as a truck driver? Well, a lot like my military service, it, it, it made me really proud to be a, a truck driver. And I'm, I'm always proud to be a truck driver, but just at that point in time with all that going on, it it, it makes you realize how, how much people need us just for medical supplies, for grocery stores and you know, all the different things that we haul that, you know, it, it, it seemed like 
when everybody was locked down and at home and people were laid off or having to work from home, it, it, it almost seemed like our industry was thriving. And, you know, I run on one of the busiest truck lanes in the country on I-80 and just to see all the trucks out there. And it, it made me feel really good. It made me feel really proud of, you know, no matter what's going on in this country, I've always looked at the trucking industry as the backbone of this country. And, you know, whoever's in office or whatever's going on, we're always going to be there moving the goods that people need. But, you know, I, it, it gave me a renewed sense of pride in our industry. You know, with that, you know, you've been in it for, you've been in it for a long time. You know, you, we, we, we had this trying year with, with COVID and you had described that experience, but you've had 20 plus years of experience in this. Um, so I'm going to ask you, Nate, to take off your truck driver hat to, and put on your, your analyst hat for, for, for the, for all the truck drivers out there. So, um, I, I ask you in doing that, uh, you know, what are some of the major differences that you've seen in the trucking industry when it comes to, you know, the working environment of the truck driver or even in the, the business and personal relationships that you've had through this industry? What are some of the differences from when you started to now that you're, that you're seeing? Well, one of the things that's really obvious to me is the changes in equipment. You know, our equipment has just gotten so much better. It's much more comfortable. I think companies realize how important that is to drivers when they're trying to recruit people when they're trying to retain people, just having the best equipment on the road that's 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 maintained well. And I've seen all the the different new safety technologies and environmental technologies come along that people weren't real warm about it at first, but you know, when you see that it's an enhancement for what you were already doing, you know, I've seen big differences in equipment and even though I haven't been over the road my whole career, I've seen a big difference in facilities. You know, truck stops are listening to drivers and making things better when when you have to go in there and get fuel or take your break there or even take your, your rest break there. So I think facilities have gotten better. And I know that's something that's a constant battle is, is truck parking. I know there's, but, you know, the industry's, constantly working on that because there's, there's a lot more trucks on the road now than there was 29 years ago when I started doing this. So, you know, I, I think they've been receptive to listening to drivers and trying to make things, make conditions better for the drivers out there. So I've, I've seen a big difference in that. You know, and one more question before I let you go, Nate, um, still keeping your analyst hat on, or, or, or I guess you can take your analyst hat off and, <laughs> and put on your, your truck driving hat back on. So, so um, my, my last question for you, Nate, is what best piece of advice would you give for someone who is interested in becoming a professional truck driver? Well, I, I think you have to get off on the right foot by looking at it as a career and not a job. And I, I know you've heard it before, and <laughs> a lot of our parents and grandparents told us that when we were growing up, if if you find something that you can enjoy, you're never going to work a day in your life. So my my advice is do, do your homework. You know, find something that's going to be a good fit for you, something that you think that you're going to enjoy. And that, that's the cool thing about our industry is, is it's so diverse. You have 3.6 million truck drivers and all these companies. And, you know, there's a lot of different segments in our industry. So do your homework. Find something that's gonna gonna work best for you and your family. Something that you're gonna be happy doing because you know the trucking industry. We're 
maybe somebody from the outside looking in may, might might not understand that, but we're like our own little world, <laughs> just you know, just the way we interact. And even though the industry is segmented and we're all doing a lot of different things, you have people that are hauling fuel and people that are pulling flatbeds or people that are in freight like me. We, we all have a common goal of getting home safe at the end of every trip to our families. So, you know, just find something that's going to work best for you and your family. We've been speaking to Nate McCarty, ABF road driver and American Trucking Association's America's Road Team captain. Nate, it was a pleasure having you on. Hey, thank you for your time. I appreciate you having me on today. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. What does it take to become an America's Road Team Captain? First, we'd like to thank our guests, Nate McCarty of ABF Freight and Elizabeth Barna from the ATA for joining us in this episode. As our guests have expressed earlier, truck driving is born out of a strong passion. Like Nate's story of how he fell in love with trucks, there are others on the America's Road Team that share a similar journey. In addition to the love of truck driving, the Road Team serves as a celebration for seasoned drivers who excel at their craft. And it also serves as a platform to raise awareness of a profession that has offered opportunities for so many Americans. The process of making the team is rigorous, but in the end, from the member's perspective, it's a path well worth the effort. Thank you for joining us in our September celebration of the truck driver. And we appreciate the time you spent with us learning about how the truck driver is vital to our economy. On a personal note, the road science team would like to congratulate our co-host, Seth Clevenger, and his wife, Andrea, on the arrival of their newly born daughter, Nora Rose. Nora, mother, and Papa Seth are doing just fine. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.